The unwritten rules of Facebook. It cut all of our ad costs by over 70%. How do you want to be able to take in all of this data that's around us? Some of these campaigns have done up to $20 million in sales. I think this is going to be the future for the next 10 years. And now here is The Win with your hostess, serial entrepreneur, marketeer, and chief sexy boss, Heather Havenwood. Look, our whole world revolves around our iPhone, iPad, Droid. You know they say we look at our phones on average 150 times a day? And if you're a small business and want to actually grow, you need to reach people where they're looking at and listening the most, their smartphones. See, marketing via text messaging is a great way to start, and it's super easy. Just text the word START to 72000 to learn more about my friends at Mobit. They're marketing experts, and they will show you how to use text messaging for your business and to get more leads and convert them amazingly. Again, text the word START to 72000. Again, that's text the word START, S-T-A-R-T, to 72000. Hey everyone, this is Heather Havenwood. Thank you so much for being here. And today we have on the phone, Lindsay. Hey, Lindsay, how are you? Good, Heather. Thanks for having me on. I'm very excited to have you. Let's talk about Lindsay. So we call her One Click Lindsay, which I'm going to ask you later what that means exactly. And Lindsay is the founder and CEO of TrafficAndLeads.com. And it's a firm that specializes in driving traffic, getting leads, and nurturing leads to become lifelong clients. And during her 10 years running a successful web development online marketing company, Lindsay has perfected the art of getting more website traffic and getting that traffic to opt in. And Lindsay has experience launching everything from simple web pages to enterprise level systems. She has managed dozens of developers, designers, and currently runs two companies, Web Impact and Traffic and Leads.com. So welcome to our little podcast, our little show. Yeah, so I want to talk to you about this because someone like myself as an entrepreneur, people think it's so glamorous. And this particular part of your bio that just popped out at me that people don't talk about is managing dozens of developers and designers. Uh. And all I want to do is go, <gasps> no, oh, so yes, breathe hard. Oh, it's so hard. I mean, people go, oh, you just hire these people overseas and they just do it. I'm like, no. no. <laughs> So you want to talk about that? <laughs> and my main developer is dear old hubby of mine. Oh, so oh. that just adds a whole nother. You so know. you get to walk over to the office and like hammer him on the head? And go, I actually can within arm's reach throw, you know, the cat at him if I wanted to. <laughs> wow. That's actually, I mean, I mean, no many times I've wanted to do that to developers. Like if I could just like fly to Romania or Florida and just take a whack. And let be- me tell you what, like I've been running this for 10 years and... My husband and I have been to our fair share of counseling to work through how do we communicate effectively at work? Because I have to talk to those darn customers and he's a developer being developer-like. Yes. So I will come across as bossy and condescending, rude, demanding, and he does not respond well to that, especially because he is my husband and he does amazing work, but those roles get very clouded so lots of counseling later we are finally not finally like it's been three or four years of smooth sailing but it does take work yeah it does i want you to talk about that especially i mean the fact that you got therapy about it i'd love that by the way because had to because even though he's your husband which adds another layer to complexity i get it but i think i should go 
to therapy around my developers <laughs> and developers. designers. Yeah, like the, the therapist, like, why are you here? I have problems with my developers uh, and yeah, designers yeah. and getting them to do stuff. <laughs> How do I talk? Yeah, so can you tell us? Can you maybe help us a little bit therapy wise? Yeah, well, you learn? first, you know, I would say it's definitely a struggle. I still struggle with my workers, with yeah. my employees. So let me just give you a little history. So 10 years ago, we decided to hire a slew of developers that were all in-house. My husband and I both come from a nuclear – we both worked at a nuclear waste facility. So we were making bank out there. We were making like $75 an hour. So we decided to break off because that was extremely mind-numbing work. And we decided to open up our own web shop. Well, we were making 75 so we need to hire developers. Hey, we're getting a steal at 50 bucks an hour. Well – in today's day and age, you can't really make money paying developers 50 bucks an hour in a web development shop, no matter how good you are, because everyone's dog's neighbor's son does web development, right? Right, right. So you're always out there. So always. true. So I had a whole team of developers in-house. We had about 10 developers in-house because we were keeping busy, but we were – every piece of – every dollar that was coming in was going back out to these guys. Yep. It was very – even having them in-house, the frustrations are the same. Now we actually outsource. I have a team mostly in the Philippines that have been with me now for like five years, but it's the same frustration. Like there's communication issues. They don't understand what the customers want and you have to right. like explain it and they're silly old developers. Why would you make a button red when the rest of the website is purple? Like, please, do I really have to spell this out for you? But you do. Yeah, so you do. You do. You have to like really be a person that can explain. Exactly. I don't think people understand that. Details. Like details. you cannot hire overseas or even... Like, even my husband, I have to be like, the color needs to be this, the font needs to be this. Like, there is no way around it. So right. when I finally found peace in my life, it was when I realized the problem was with me. And it was like, you got to stop telling everyone they're a big idiot because they are trained in a yeah. different way. They have different minds. And so you just have to be okay with making that punch list of very detailed line items. That's something I struggled with myself as a communicator. I'm a communicator and I didn't understand what I would get for me, my experience. I'd get on the phone or a Skype call or whatever and I'd tell them that, da, 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 right? Because I'm a communicator and <laughs> they're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, I got it. Can you send me an email? I'm like, I just told you. I just told you, take notes. But yeah, that was the thing I had to, it took me a while. Like now I, I pull up a document and I write it out. You have and to write like, it out, checklist out. A little hint is I have a project manager now because mm. I don't have time to write those lists. I know you don't either because no. we're attending to customers. So I'll actually make a video and I will let her line item it out with everything. That is smart. Because it is quicker smart. to do a video, you know. That's smart. No, I love that. You know, and I love what we're talking about this because honestly, in the world of online marketers and podcasts out there going, oh, you know, entrepreneurs on fire and this is great and just hire some people online on Upwork and you're good. It's not that easy. You know, no. it's not that easy to find good people to manage them. I know one of my clients I'm working with her are now and I remember her saying to me, she's like, I don't understand. I did an ad for digital marketing management position or developing management position, whatever it was. And then I just want them to do their job. And I'm like, yeah, well... It doesn't work that way. You have to learn to manage them. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it takes a lot takes of work a lot. and you can spend a ton of money on there. Upwork is my best friend now. I love Upwork. I find a lot of talent out there, but there is some, like, I have to know what makes a good developer. I have to know what to ask them. I have yeah. to know how to vet them. 
you can find, like I said, most of my team has been with me for five years that are overseas. Never met them, obviously, but it can be done. But you have to put the time in up front in order to make it work. Yeah. So what is that? Someone's listening and they said, okay, well, how do I win with people? If I don't know anything about developer, I don't know what kind of language they need. How would I even begin? You know, how would I say, okay, they're going to be great. How do I vet them if I don't know what I'm doing necessarily, if I just want to hire them for their expertise? My best test is, and I'll still do this, is I will have, like, I would never throw a website over to someone and be like, hey, best of luck, thanks. This is what I do. I say, okay, I'm looking, like maybe my PHP developer quit. Looking for, or WordPress, looking for a new WordPress developer. Send me your resume. I always say, must work USA hours. I always say, mm. must start within the next 24 hours because sometimes they'll just kind of put you off. And that way I know if they're excited and ready to be on a team, ready to go. Yeah. Then I accept all the invitations and I'll take three or four and I'll send all three or four the exact same message, which is I have a small and I give them a small job that I know or I figure will take 30 minutes or less. And I say, this is my job. I will pay you. $15. Please submit within the next 24 hours. See you later if you want it. Now, usually only two of the four will actually follow the directions, give me what I want. But I always start with this just super little job, see how well they communicate, see how well they get back to me, see how well we can mm -hmm. get along together. And that's actually a pretty decent vetting process. Oh, I love that. No, that's good. You're giving them a task. and Very you're, small task. Yeah. And then you're letting them compete with one another. Yeah, it's very counterintuitive because here in America, right? What are we taught? Send your resume and then they interview and then they select one. I've tried that. Does it work in this environment? It doesn't. <laughs> you're stuck with someone. <laughs> yeah, you're stuck with them. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, I need 40 hours. I'm like, you haven't done anything for 10? Yeah. Like, how am I going to pay you for 40? You know, so I love that you're saying, hey, I'm going to do this small task. I'll pay you for the task. But then you're going to compete with one another. I really do. like. I'm so going to steal that. Just like It you know. works really, really well because people will fall off or you'll be like, you don't speak very good English or yeah. I cannot work with you or you keep putting me off or like the holes show very quickly. Yeah, that's true. That's interesting. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Where they can totally yeah. lie. Like they'll be like, I developed all of these 800 websites. You're like, there is no way to know that. Nor am I going to spend the time to figure out if you're lying to me or not. Right. You know. How do I know if you're actually doing that. Or I've had people say, like I'm right now looking, by the way, I'm looking, I, I am looking for a new VA. And it's been challenging for me to find one because I don't know what test to give them. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, what test do I give them? Because I'm looking for someone who cut like, more of a project manager and VA, right? Yeah. Like, and all of my, to be completely honest, I don't hire VAs on Upwork. I usually stay in the States for that. Yeah. And just because like of that communication barrier, they are expensive, but if you get a good VA, like you can uh, go to the beach and your business can run without <laughs> Right. That's what I'm looking for. A beach VA. Hey, out there, if anyone listening, please apply. So I can go to the beach. We don't have a beach here, but I could drive. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so I really appreciate this. You've been doing this 10 years. I, I get it. I've been in information marketing business for 15. So God, how things have changed. Wow. Yeah. When did we get hard. Upwork? It's I mean, really hard. It is really hard. And I just want to, and I, you know, people always say in these, sometimes in podcasts, they want to make it very, everything's wonderful. And I remember one of my first podcasts a couple of weeks ago or a couple months ago, I said, you know, look, I'm going to be honest, entrepreneurship is hard. <laughs> and they well, just kind of had this, don't tell people that. Like, it's 
hard. So that's my experience. What about yours? I mean, 10 years, I'm sure you have some bump in the roads. What are the biggest bumps in the roads you can share oh, with us? We've had so, oh, there have been so many bumps. It's not even funny. First of all, my husband and I have set up a wonderful lifestyle at this point. Yes, like we have two very small children. I'm pregnant with the third. Oh. And this has allowed us to be extremely flexible. Like today, we're going to go head out to, you know, soccer and do all those things. And it allows for flexibility. I was also up at 4am. And I also have 300 customers who are actually my boss. So I actually have 300 bosses instead of just one, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of stress. Am I going to make payroll? Like all this, but even my family to this day is like, you're so lucky you're self-employed, but I swear to you. And hopefully you feel the same way. It's like some days it's like, I wish I could just send my husband off to, you know, Nike down the street to be a programmer. He could bring home his paycheck and we could just yeah. be happily ever after, right? It just wouldn't work out. No, I, I get it. My boyfriend and I were both entrepreneurs. He has an office, physical office. I don't. But he always laughs. He's like, well, you can go do it. I'm like, just because it's the middle of the day and just because I work at home doesn't mean yeah, I can leave. Everyone thinks that. Okay. I have a thing. And he goes, well, what are you doing? I'm like, I have appointments. I with who? Like I swear my mom thinks I'm making crafts in my basement, like selling them to my friends, you know? And it's like we I have a huge it. business. I have ten employees while well. I feed mouths. I feed vamps. <laughs> I completely relate. I just completely relate. Uh, he has two employees right now and it's kind of my employees too, because I'm part of the business. We were talking about it the other day and they just got bonuses. We kind of did an incentive program for them and they've really killed it. We're very proud of them. And we both looked at them and said, you know, you guys both are making way more money than us. <laughs> like you're yeah, our employees I and we're not <laughs> making there. that at all. Like, just so you're clear, you guys are making the lion's share of our business profits. But that's a whole nother misconception is, yeah. I mean, you know, we're doing very well now, but it has taken 10 years of blood, sweat and tears to yeah. get here. But back in the day when you're just starting, you'd be like, ah, oh, you're making bank, you're, you own your own business. And it's like, no, I'm praying there's a check in the mail yeah. so I can pay my employees and they won't, you know, freak. When you have your own business, you have to pay taxes, oh, <laughs> which is you talk about stumbling blocks. So here I am. Yeah. We have 10 employees. We got a really expensive office. We made all the rookie mistakes because it was cute and wonderful to be business Pretty. owners. Yeah. 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 So big office, huge overhead, all these employees. I'm pregnant with my first child and we owe about a hundred grand in back taxes and the IRS is coming in auto us. It was awesome. Yeah. Welcome so. to the United States of America. I know. I agree. I think people don't understand the responsibility of a business owner Oof. and it's overwhelming. One thing I am glad about, and at the end of the day, I'm pretty sure you are too. Just sometimes you're not, I'm sure, is that my boyfriend is an entrepreneur. He gets it. You know, and because I have been experienced in life where I'm the entrepreneur and the significant other I'm with has a job and they yeah. don't understand. Why are you? It's 10 o'clock at why night. Are why are you working? Yeah. Why are you stressed? <laughs> you know, why are you working on a Saturday? I'm like, what? You know, because <laughs> this has got to keep. I am making sure this machine continues on. If I do not, right. it will not. Yeah. So, I mean, what have you guys learned? Because this podcast is about winning, you know, and if you could go back, what are a couple lessons of rookie mistakes, as you call it, that you can share people and say, don't do this? Number one, don't get a big office. You don't need an yeah, office. Everything so can be virtual. I had to break that to a... So we had this big office and realized that none of our customers were coming in because everything is virtual. And I will still have people call and be like, can I come and meet with you? Like maybe once a month. It's like, we closed that office about a year ago. And like, 
our biggest customers didn't even notice. So first and foremost, I do not think that you need an office in general. Like if you're a service business in general, you don't. You can run everything virtually. Yeah. Second, sure. you don't need employees overseas. You can find quality people like the $50 an hour employees kind of phased out. And now my profit margins are so much better because I was able to find quality talent overseas. Now I'm sure there's a lot of people, you know, that don't like that, but like there'd be no way that we'd be a profitable business without having right. understood that. Oh, you can great. communicate with people overseas. You can manage them. It's a pretty beautiful relationship. It is a beautiful relationship. I know. I just, I love that. I was talking to somebody else today. They said, what are your goals? And we have a settlement business that we just started almost eight months ago. And we just hit our first month of 40,000. That was been our goal for like ever hit 40,000 in a month of sales. And that's been like huge. I mean, we just started in July, 2015. So that's like, awesome. yeah, we're like, oh my God, you know, ta-da, we've Congrats. hit this milestone. We're very happy now. Zero, like very money and profit there. It's just all going back into the business, right? But yeah. the point is that we're hitting those milestones. And they said, you know, what's your goal? And I go, yeah, it's interesting. This particular summit company, it's non-GMO. It's 100% organic. It's really a high-end product. You know, and I said, actually, I'm really focused international. I want this business to expand international first. And that's kind of counterintuitive, you know, because I want to focus the business in Canada, Mexico, Australia, New Zealand, Europe. Because I feel like as Americans, we do this. I mean, I do it. We focus on a product or some service and we just only focus on America. There's people. fair, yeah. yeah and it's like there's this world out there. People, it's called cross the Atlantic and cross the Pacific. There's other countries that they will purchase things, you know, that are made here in the United States that are high quality products. And I think that's one of the mistakes I think entrepreneurs do. They, what I call, they're blinded by these lines of like, well, I have to make it in America first before I can make it overseas. And I say, no, why? Because actually, I like that. I really, I think, think there's that. more open markets outside the U.S. boundaries. The U.S. is kind of crowded with a lot of stuff. We have that. We can get Amazon anytime and buy anything we want. Ask that somebody in Germany or Canada, and they're like, "Oh, we can't get that." Friends of mine come from New Zealand once a year, and they bring these huge suitcases, and then go to Walmart and they buy really? all this stuff. Yeah, and they put it in these huge suitcases and they send it back because, like, they say, "Well, we can't get any of that in New Zealand." Stuff that we take advantage of, right? And so high quality products, if you have a product or a service, high quality, focusing on international, I just I think there's a lot of opportunity. There's plenty of room. There is yeah. plenty of room. And I was going to share this with you and I'm going to ask you what your thoughts are here. Someone shared this with me today. He said, you know, when you're in corporate world, you have a boss, right? And you always listen to your boss, like what's next in the business. I feel now my boss is the marketplace, they're going to tell me what's next. They're going to tell me what they want. They're going to tell me what they need. And my job is to give it to them. What do you think now? I mean, you said you have 300 bosses. What do you think of that? Yeah, I totally agree, which is actually one of the points I was going to make on yeah. mistakes I made. Number three is gathering those emails and email marketing from day one, because mm. then all of a sudden you have a list to ask them about what they want next, which answers your question of, the marketplace will tell you, well, if you don't have a list, if you have a list, there's a real easy way to ask them what they want. Mm. So I wish I would have been collecting email addresses for the last 10 years. I have not. I have yet to run into a business that it doesn't apply where an email address cannot be one of the most valuable things that you can get from someone because you can continue to email them and nurture them until they're ready to buy from you. Mm. Even with your kind of business. 
Oh, yeah. When I started collecting emails and sending out emails on a weekly basis, the way that you're supposed to, and email marketing and nurturing those clients, my business has exploded. It's it's amazing just for my business, but not much less for my customers that I lecture. Now, why do you think that is? I mean, let's talk about your business as a web service business, which by the way, I've hired many along my years. And let me think. Nope, none of them email me. So why do you... Yeah, which keeps you looking. Oh, So now I keep my customers extremely close. All 300 people receive an email from me once a week with helpful tips. They know that I'm up. Like they know that I am up to date. I'm still in business. I'm on the cutting edge. I give them cool tips on how to implement things into their website. Like very rarely will customers look elsewhere for someone else because they're not going to receive... They know that I'm the best because I keep reminding them. Not only that, they'll forward it to their friends or I'll add different people who have never been my customer to my email list. They'll learn the same things. It's so super powerful. Like I would say, because I send out an email once a week, once a week at least from that list, I'll get two or three people responding. Hey, yeah, let's schedule a time. I need to XYZ my website or, oh yeah, let's do a little bit of that. Like it is the best sales tool I have ever implemented Mm. ever. I love that. By the way, I'm a huge email market advocate. Love, love, love. What would you just share is like, if someone has a local business, what can they talk about weekly? I'm a big, huge advocate, if not weekly, like twice a week. And one of my lists I do once or twice a day. It just depends on the kind of company it is. What are some things that you share on your email list? Because you are a service-based business. I'm luckily enough to have a lot of examples. It's how to get more traffic to your website. I go into analytics. I go into how to build your list, how to stay motivated to build your list. Some people, you know, some people have a little list and they're like, what's 10 people? But 10 people reading your email is super powerful. But I can give you an example of another local client. I have lots of chiropractor clients. Yeah. One specializes in pregnancy chiropractic. So he gets people on his list within his town. Like he lives in a town of 75,000 people. He has a list. Once a week, he's emailing pregnancy, basically back pain tips or, hey, once you have your baby, you should totally bring them in for cranial sacral massage, blah, blah, blah. Like selling all of these things with tips. I'm pregnant. Help me. My back hurts. Like it's not hard. You don't want to, you know, I've had people do like spotlights on different businesses in town. Mm -hmm. I feel like you need to keep it with your specialty. Mm. And it works like chiropractic care, kind of boring. But if you apply it to your customer, hey, your tip this week, if you're pregnant, you know, take a stretch like this. Yeah, no, I love that. My boyfriend's a chiropractor. So I completely listen. Oh, okay. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Like, oh, that's actually a good idea. He has no list. He's been in business for 25 <gasps> years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If he was listening right now, he'd be like, don't tell them that. Yeah. Now I'm in uh, weight loss with him. Another business we are now from day one, we now have a list and we've been in business for seven months. Right. So, but he's but like, he just example, 25 like, years. He could write a book. Your husband oh. could write a, or not your husband, your it's boyfriend okay. could write a book and yeah. sell it to his, everyone would buy it. Oh, I know, I know, I know. It was the first thing I said to him when I met him. Like, so do you have an email list of your 25 (laughs) years? And he just, no, we don't have any emails. I'm like, wow, that's fascinating. You know, (laughs) I'm like, you have a marketing coach? He told me who he was. I'm like, wow, he's not that great. You know, so anyway. I'm glad I brought that up. That was my final thing. Mistakes I've made, which is get a business coach. They have Mm. been through the trenches. They will give you a shortcut. I spent, you know, seven years in business without a business coach. And I brought one on and the path has been cleared. God, thank you for saying that. I mean, I'm a business coach myself. So of course, I'm selfish. But the only reason I'm a business coach now is because I've had a coach since 2003. I've always had a business 
coach that always has a business slash life coach, kind of like the co piece of that. But I now coach because I've been what I call client coaching forever. And honestly, if it wasn't for my coach, I don't know where I would be. They've been there, done that. Oh, yeah. How long have you had a coach now at this point? Only two years. Oh, wow. I know. Don't be, I'm like your boyfriend. (laughs) No, it's okay. You know, but honestly, and I tell the story, it's the day my dad dumped me is the day I got a coach. And I, (laughs) it's true. My dad's an entrepreneur, right? So I called my dad for advice and I'm like 27 at the time. And I was like, dad, I don't know what to do with my life. And you know, whatever. Help me. Yeah. (laughs) Help me. I don't know what to do. And he goes, I'm done. I'm just done with this. You got to get yourself a coach. And I was done to me. I'm going, my dad dumped me. It's your job to tell me what to do. You're my dad. But the beauty of a coach is that they're not your parents. They're not your siblings. They're not your best friend from college. They're this third party entity that 100% is on your side. Yeah, and want you to succeed. And they will tell you if your business name sucks or if your latest marketing piece Sucks, sucks for your dad probably wouldn't because Heather's dad thinks Heather is, you know, an angel. So. Right. And I can't listen to it. If someone if my dad says that sucks, I'm like, you yeah, don't love me. I worked so hard. <laughs> right. If my business coach says that sucks, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that's their job. You need to. And that's the thing. Don't find a wussy woo business coach. Mm-mm. Find someone like Heather who's like, that sucks. Yeah, you got to start Back to again. the drawing board. Right. No, I agree with that. That's really interesting. Two years. If he's fa- have you found the process satisfying? Do you like it? Do you like having a business coach? I love it. Yeah. Like, I look forward to my coaching calls. They keep me on track like a regular coach would. Like, oh, feeling a little lazy. I know I have this call, <laughs> so I have to get that done because we always put our own marketing and our own business on the back burner so we can attend That's to true. the 911 call. That really isn't 911. You could pass that off to an employee, but we end up, you know, getting in the dregs and doing all the mindless work that we don't have to do because we have employees to do that. And you need to focus on your own business. That's true. And I think also with entrepreneurship, you know, when you're corporate world, what do people do at the corporate world at five o'clock? They go hang out with their friends and they complain, right? What do you call the B word about? about, you know, whatever, the corporate world. We don't have that. We don't have the, we, who are we going to so complain true. to? Who are we going to... my husband never, you know, my husband's constantly complaining. So. Get him a coach. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I mean, I think it's a safe environment for us to kind of just let go and ah, frustration. Yeah. And like they understand. They yeah. understand it's like yesterday. Yeah, we had our call last week and I'm like, ah, oh, things are going so amazing. I'm so busy. Everything's so amazing. Never, It's been awesome. And then like he calls me a week later and it's like, we're going out of business. I'm sure of it. <laughs> And he's like, I get that. You're not. Positive mindset, you know. Like yeah. a regular person would be like, you're insane. Right. Because you're going up and down and back and forth. Yes. And that's so that's, that's just called. That's better yeah. of entrepreneurship, the up and down. I love that. Well, so tell us what you have two sides, traffic and leads and one click Lindsay. What's the difference and how can people find you if they're interested? Oh, so one click Lindsay, essentially quick story, because I know we're running out of time. Essentially, I'm called one click Lindsay because my specialty is like landing pages and getting people to convert once they come to your website, giving you that email address we talked about. So I had a client, we operated on his landing page because sometimes it takes a few revisions. One day it finally worked what we did. I called him up, said, Hey, did you see all those leads? He's like, well, if it isn't one click Lindsay, to which I liked. So I adopted it because it's easier to remember than Lindsay Anderson, which is my name. I like that. 
Yeah. So One Click Lindsay is where I blog. That's where you'll find episodes of my Traffic and Leads podcast where I tell small business owners how to get more traffic and leads to their website. That's where you'll find me blogging. That's where you'll find my videos. All free information at OneClickLindsay.com. Traffic and Leads is the name of my company. So if you do employ us to build your list or drive more traffic and leads to your website, you can visit TrafficandLeads.com. Wonderful. Now, do you have a book out or in the works, future book? Yes, there's a book in the works. But yeah, I mean, that's the next step, right? I've really enjoyed podcasting. I love podcasting and I'm so excited that it's just getting bigger and bigger. So that was my project for now. Then I'll have a baby. Then I'll finish up the book. The baby. Yeah. When does the baby do? (laughs) August. August. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Is there anything last words you want to say to everybody or... Anything Start collecting those emails? Start collecting the emails. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Yeah, that's all I have to say. Even if it's on an Excel spreadsheet, the yeah, end. that's oh god, that's so true. That's such good advice. Really, such good advice. Well, you can find Lindsay at oneclicklindsay.com or trafficandleads.com. You can go check her out. And Lindsay, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate the conversation because you really were shedding light on the truth. You know. Of what it really takes. Well, that's what a sexy boss gal does. Am yes. I right, Heather? <laughs> yes, you are a sexy boss. All right, till next time, everyone. Be you, be real, be a sexy boss. Thank you for listening to The Win with Heather Havenwood. Interested in coaching with Heather? Go to heatherhavenwood.com and sign up for a business discovery consultation. Here is your free gift for listening. Get three audio chapters of Heather's book, Sexy Boss, How Women Empowerment is Changing the Rulebook, when you text the word sexy to 7200. Again, text the word sexy, that is S-E-X-Y, to 7200, and receive your three audiobook chapters. Number is good only in North America. For outside the USA, text SEXY to plus one three two three four five seven double two double eight. Text SEXY to plus one three two three four five seven double two double eight. Long distance charges may apply. Heather wants to hear from you. Questions you want answered on the show. Comments. Interview requests. Email media at sexybossinc.com or leave a private voicemail. 51 Boss is me. Again, the number is 512-677-4763. Check out all of Heather's sites. Heatherhavenwood.com Sexybossinc.com E2Lab.com DatingTriggers.com This is a sexy boss rap. This podcast is a copyright of Havenwood Worldwide, LLC.